Hi, and welcome to the For Pete's Sake podcast. I'm David O'Connor with eXp Realty. And I'm Alex Blenkarn with eXp Realty. And today we're going to be talking about the Peterborough City April 2023 market stats. Then we have our deal of the month for you and our tip of the month. Alex, how's it going, buddy? Good, man. Enjoying the warmer weather. Uh, it was a little bit chilly uh, a couple of weeks ago, but things have started to heat up, which is a little nice. Break the t-shirts out, so can't complain. What about you? It's good. We got a, a pool now for the first time, so I'm learning uh, the ins and outs of uh, setting up a pool, which is a lot more work than I thought. So yeah, yeah, we'll there's a lot of pressure for me to have the pool uh, ready to rock and roll uh, on, on Sunday. So uh, we'll get, yeah, we'll get there, and they'll enjoy it. The little guys will enjoy it. They'll love it. Couple cannonballs. There's a lot of pressure. I'm trying to, you know, set everything up with this. There's all the plumbing and then there's like dealing with the chemicals and all that. Meanwhile, I have the family in the background like blowing up all the uh, pool toys, like staring at me. <laughs> so. Well, hey, if you if you if you open it up successfully uh, this summer, maybe we can do that as a future tip of the month, and um, you can uh, you yeah, can share. Yeah, what you I'll, I'll, be, I'll be the pool guy. Uh, maybe we'll bring yeah. a professional and we'll interview them instead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm excited. Uh, obviously, I don't toot our own horn, but if you've been following the podcast the last two, three months, we're kind of, you know, it's really hard to predict these things, which is why we get a little macro sometimes, a little too macro for some people, I'm sure. Uh, but we always do high level summaries of what we think is happening. And we were talking about uh, how we think we might have a traditional spring market. And we might even have something a little, a little different. But there's uh, markets really picking up here. So uh, without further ado, let's, uh, let's jump into it here. Yeah. So, I mean, to start, uh, we always like to throw a bit of news. Um, nothing really huge macro wise. Well, there's a whole bunch of news, but we're not going to talk about it. Uh, we're going to stick with something that happened Wednesday, uh, May 10th in Toronto. The city council voted to effectively eliminate single family zoning in the city. So any single family dwelling can now be turned into a multiplex with up to four dwelling units. So this is huge. This is going to add a ton of densification to the city of Toronto. Uh, in the short term, in my opinion, you know, it's really going to benefit uh, those landowners as values may increase due to that development potential. But in the long term, what it's going to do is provide a ton more of supply you know we need a ton of supply and this densification is really going to help increase that supply and hopefully improve affordability in the city of toronto and why this is newsworthy is because as we know toronto is one of the biggest real estate markets in canada uh, i believe it is slightly cheaper than vancouver but it's one of the biggest real estate markets in the country and hopefully it sets the precedent for other municipalities across the country to implement a similar change to their zoning bylaws. Yeah, um, I was just thinking about that. Like, what will happen if, if that trickles down to uh, the, you know, the surrounding areas and out, even up here in Peterborough. So for those of you who don't know, I think it was spring of 2019, 2018 maybe, uh, provincially they, they rolled out the, you know, the the accessory apartment uh, qualifications. So a little bit of history of Peterborough was very hard to get a property result for a two unit, um, near impossible. But now if you feed, uh, meet the fire code um, and all, all the requirements, you can you can turn any property into a, into a, a second unit. 
So what's going to happen with what just happened in Toronto? Like, are, are we going to be able to turn, you know, some bigger homes into like triplexes or, or fourplexes? Um, I don't. I don't. Affordable housing prices in, in, in Peterborough and, and a lot of the other areas. So yeah, that's why I think it's big news for Toronto, but it could it could trickle down and be really really influence our market as well. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it, again, it's maybe ten years down the line, but let's see what happens. I mean, we we can some different municipalities, you know, they move at different speeds. So just because something happens in Toronto doesn't mean it's going to happen yeah. in other municipalities tomorrow. But, you know, it does potentially set the precedent if things go well in Toronto for other municipalities to adopt this zoning change. And we all already get a lot of um, out of town like interest for like investment purposes for, for our market. Well, what's for sure. If, we're, <laughs> if it's so easy to rezone triplex or plex. Um, for sure. Yeah. We'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see what happens. And speaking of investment, uh, stay tuned for the deal of the month. We've got a beauty here today for you guys. Um, probably one of the best investment properties that we've ever analyzed. So stay tuned for that. Solid tease. I like that. <laughs> yeah. So let's, uh, let's break these down here, Dave, uh, 2022 to 2023. So now I'm going to read these stats, but let's, let's talk first about what happened last spring is nuts it was the peak of the real estate market um march i believe we peaked in 801 uh and, and april was slightly lower than march but still crazy so it's pretty good to see this recovery we're only 3.6 percent below what the average price was last year last year was nuts and we're only 3.6 below so we've gone like this and now we're coming back up so it's great to see this sort of recovery, you'll see it in the graph. I mean, we've really gone like that. Um, so yeah, we can see that with the average price. New listings are down uh, about 35%. Again, the story for April, not a lot of activity, but prices seem to have increased. Uh, number of sales, again, not a whole lot of activity that are down 27% and days to sell. I mean, it's it's up 1200%. Uh, so it's, it's pretty high. Uh, we'll go over it. It's not alarming. It's, it's pretty normal for a typical April. It's just last last year was nuts. Yeah, the, the one again, I know it's a smaller, smallest number here, but that 3.6, if you've been following, we're comparing um, year over year. So April this year to April last year. So when we did March, I don't remember offhand, we'll see it, we'll see it in a second. Um, but, but it was pretty, there was a huge gap between the price points. And I know if you, if you remember, I thought I predicted by June, <laughs> June year over year would actually finally um, um, be, be higher. Um, we actually it looks like we're going to see it by May. So yeah, we're quite on the ball, but um, but we'll see what happens in in, in May. But uh, yeah, yeah. Let's into this here. So there's the graph there. I mean, you can see the peak in 22. Uh, that's that highest point where you're sitting around 800. Uh, but you can see again, we're we're responding slightly like a hockey stick. We're going up pretty quickly. Look at that large jump between the last two bars there, and we'll get into what that jump exactly was. But it was huge. Yeah, there you have it. Wow, about seventy-six thousand dollar increase month over month from six nineteen to six ninety-five. I think it was about twelve percent. Twelve percent, yeah. Twelve percent increase month over month. Like that's just ridiculous. That's nuts. We we could feel it. I knew this number number was going to jump, but I, I, this caught me off guard. I saw a couple of 
agents posting the market numbers and I thought they did something wrong. <laughs> and then you pull the numbers. I was like, wow, 12%. Yeah. 12% in one month. To put that in yeah. perspective, when I bought my home in Peterborough in 2011, in the first four years, property value in four years went up about 5%. Yeah. Yeah. So this just went up 12% in a month. Yeah. And that's something we see. I, I mean, look at the recovery. You're down at, at 575 and you've gained almost $120,000 for the average price in the yeah. last last six months. And this this that, slide that's crazy. Is what we were talking about, if you look at the months over months. So if you go back to, to January of 2022, we were at 740 to, to 601. Then February at 800, like almost 200K, 800 to 605. Um, then March, you know, things almost 200 again. But now look at this. We're only about 25K off. That's why I think there's a good chance. Oh, maybe I am. I could be right on my projection. We might be in the low sevens when the main numbers come in, maybe around 715 or something like that. Yeah, but let's see. Let's June. see. Definitely by June. Uh, and we'll, we'll be above year over year. And something neat that you kind of see. So $76,000 is nuts. That's a lot of money to gain month over month. But as you guys can see, I mean, look at the, the values here. Look at uh, 2021, November to December. That's almost $99,000 in, in one month. Like that's a crazy increase. So this is the second largest increase we've seen in the last five years, uh, month over month. And it's behind that November uh, to December change there. And that was right when things were just starting to heat up. There was no inventory on the market and things were just really starting to ramp up at that point. You can see the jump between November and December there. And I think uh, I think we're at a really critical point here. So what, what could happen, there's a couple of scenarios what could happen from here. After the, uh, the average, uh, I guess, seller, consumer um, realizes that this jump has happened, you might get a lot of those fringe sellers that are kind of thinking about selling. When they see that jump like this, you might see a spike in inventory, which the market really needs right now. But if for some reason we don't, then man, if there's lack of inventory, and we know it seems like the buyers are back, you could see this continue to trend up aggressively. So I think yeah. the main, main numbers is going to be huge. Um, we'll, we'll know if we're in for just a, you know, a spring spike or, or if this could get out of hand. Later. Yeah. Again, one one data point doesn't indicate a trend. So I, again, we have to wait for more data points to, uh, to to be able to call this a trend. But it was pretty surprising to see that jump month over month. That's nuts. Yeah, and if we look back at last year, when um, the peak was in February, started to trend down a little bit in, in March, but then all the inventory came by what, May, June, July, and uh, but the buyers weren't there and the prices declined. So. So it could go either, really could go either way. <laughs> Can't wait to see the main numbers. Yeah, yeah. And new listings there again. You've got to jump month over month, but uh, we are down year over year. But you see, I, I mean, it's a pretty big jump month over month. You're, you're maybe sitting around 125-ish. Uh, I believe it actually came in at 123 new listings for the month. Let's see. So, yeah, there it is. That... Uh, 123 now we're down from 192 but if you look across the month of april i mean 2020 we all know what happened in uh in march of 2020 the uh the covid 19 lockdown so nobody listed their home in in peterborough so it's a bit of an outlier but 
if you exclude that one, I mean, we're, we are relatively low. We're the, we're the second lowest behind that one in the last five years for the month of April. So not a lot of people out there listing their homes. Yeah, let's see if that changes in May. And then number of sales is a similar story. Again, it, it, there seems to be an increased buyer activity month over month, but year over year, it's not as hot as it was last year. So you can see it there. I mean, 78 sales in April and 107 sales in 2021, or sorry, 2022. 2021 was ridiculous at 166. That's the highest in the last five years. But I mean, on average, again, you see 2020 April, that brings it down. Other than that, we're the second second lowest month in the last five years for, for the month of April. We're the second lowest for the amount of sales for the month. So yeah, it's, it's nice to see the well, month over month inventory go up. But yeah, this market could absorb a lot more inventory. Yeah, we, we seem to have a lot of buyer activity out there. Like anecdotally, we're seeing buyers reach out. Hey, we're ready to start looking for a house and we're seeing a lot more buyer activity. Unfortunately, it doesn't seem to be reflected in the stats. Perhaps we'll see a major increase in May. But I mean, uh, just a really a little jump month over month, even though boots on the ground, it seemed to be a bit of a larger jump. Yeah, we're not seeing it now, but we're, you know, we're almost two weeks into May. And from the activity I'm seeing, um, you're getting a lot, a little bit of holding starting to happen again. Um, you know, multiple, multiple offers. So another sign like, like buyers are back. So. Yep. Buyers are back. And then this one's kind of cool. We're looking at active listings versus number of sales to kind of gauge what's going on with the supply and demand. So again, you can look at the graphs, uh, from April and you can look at the March graph, the next one. Uh, farthest to the right there you can see the difference between that blue and green bar that's really what we're looking at uh, and, and it's relatively stayed the same I mean you don't see as large a difference as you do there on July 2022 um, huge difference between those blue and and the green bar you don't see that big of a difference indicating that inventory is pretty tight and there's a lot of demand out there compared to how much supply is out there yeah, and again, um, th this doesn't capture, this isn't necessarily new listings for the month. This is all active listings. So there is still over from the previous months. Yeah, yeah. So there is some carryover month over month. And you can see it there. Uh, we're, we're at 124 and 78. Um, so, I, I mean, I, I still think that's pretty good. You've got about 40-ish listings sitting that haven't sold in terms of active versus sales. So there's about 40-ish that are sitting that would have carried over to the month of May, which isn't too bad when we look at, you know, last month, again, you're about 40. So you see a similar amount of supply and demand out there. So similar market conditions in March uh, that we saw in, in April of 2023. And days to sell again, this was the one that was up 1200%. <laughs> again, it, it's, it's not crazy. Look, we're, we're under 20. So these homes are selling in, in less than, than two weeks or, or around that two week mark, which is pretty good to see. Uh, it's just, when we compare that to last year, it's, it's a huge drop off in terms of the increase. So you can see 18 days to sell in 2023, April, and we were at eight last april so a huge increase there but again it's not abnormal to see 18 days to sell that's not too bad as you said I, I, especially the under what 
what, 600K price point, even maybe to under 700 in Peterborough, you're starting to see a bit of holding. I think yeah. that might, might pick up and you might see a good percentage of properties in that price point. Start the hold, which will drastically reduce that. Well, that 18 could drop. Yeah, yeah. High singles um, in the next few months. And you look at, at December, right? 2022, December, four months ago, it took twice as long to sell your home as it does now. I mean, that's pretty cool. It's a, it's about two and a half weeks to sell your home now. It used to take uh, about five weeks. And then we've got months of inventory here. Uh, so again, we're, we're, we're at two months of inventory. So we are in a, a seller's market right now. I do believe there was a slight decrease in months of inventory between March and April, but we are in a strong seller's market out there still. Uh, there is not any inventory. There, there's no inventory out there, there, and there seems to have been an increase in the amount of buyers out there. So again, you get lack of supply with an increased demand. Prices tend to go up. I know every month we, we for those who don't know, this this stat is really as if new inventory froze, and it would take uh, approximately two months to burn through the inventory that's currently on the market at the current rate of sales. Yeah, so it. it yeah, at the current rate of sales, it would take two months to burn through everything, and then there's nothing left for sale. Yeah. And, and, then it, that, it, and then what's under under four? Yeah, I, I think it's around three now. I think it like under three, you're in sellers, and then I think it's like three to three to five, three balance. to six, you're in a balanced market. So oh, you're excited for this one, buddy. Yeah. So this is a a little bit of a thought experiment here. We've had a couple of people uh, that I've seen that are, you know, asking the question, is this a normal spring or is this something that we haven't seen? So I took matters into my own hands and uh, looked at the stats and created these two graphs here. So here's what I did. I wanted to compare the percentage change between winter and spring. So how what, what changes in the market? between the winter months of that year and the spring months of that year. So again, your winter market versus your spring market. How 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 does that change as we switch to a different season? What does that look like in average price? And what does that look like for number of sales? Again, giving us an idea of how much activity is out there and the buyer sentiment in those two different seasons. So first we have to define spring and winter. So I define winter as the months between December and February and spring as the months of March to May. So when we're looking, for example, at 2023, we're looking at the months of March and April because we haven't seen the May numbers yet, but we're looking at the months of March and April and taking an average sale price for those two months. And then we're looking at the months of December, 2022, January, 2023, and February, 2023, and taking an average of those three months. What was the average price over those three months? That's going to give us the average price for winter. So here's what we found over the last 10 years. We've seen a 5.4% increase in the average price between those two seasons. So on average, prices increased by 5.4% between winter and spring. So that's nuts. You can see the graph there. That's that top graph. We only really saw negative um, increases, so I, we, a decrease in in 2020 and 2022. But look at that 2016 number. We saw just about 18% increase between those two seasons. So that is nuts. So 
how does spring 2023 stack up against the last 10 years? Well, we saw a 10.23% increase in 2023. So the average price is about double what the average change between spring and winter is for the last 10 years. So it, it's, it's above average, well above average in terms of the increase between winter and spring yeah. this year. Now, obviously we're just, so this is based, the spring of 2023 is based on March, April only, right? That's right, yeah. So we don't have the May da data, but again, we took the average between those two months. Um, so we divided by two month, instead of three. It may happens like the way we think it's gonna be when, when this graph gets updated after the May numbers come in, like this could be closer to, you know, the 14%. Yeah, which it would be the nuts. Most significant jump since 2016. Yeah, and that would be about three times what the average of the last 10 years would, would, would be. So that would be a huge jump to see. And another thing that's interesting to note is that 2022 is, is another outlier because it's skewed because we had that anomaly of the year where it was January, February, which are the winter months worth the peak. Um, and then it started trending down in the spring, even though we had great activity in the spring. We had a um a very rare january february season which is why you're seeing that that negative in, in 2022 yeah absolutely absolutely and then we can look at so this was pretty surprising we we ran the same numbers basically for the the number of sales for the months right. um for the two seasons and the average increase in in number of sales between spring and winter was 91.5 percent. so um, the, the number of sales almost doubled between winter and spring for each calendar year, which is just crazy to think about. So how are we looking in 2023? Well, in spring of 2023, we only saw a 43% increase between winter and spring. So it's below average. I mean, well below average. So there's not as much sales activity as there previously has been in a typical spring market, but the average price has increased. Yeah. No, I like that one, but again, in, in a traditional season, like a lot of the, the winters are slow. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's pretty typical. Buyers sellers, both buyers and sellers, will, will wait till the spring. So it's nice and, to see, and, and, some, and, and some for good reason. reason. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and good it's reason. Also influenced by you know waterfront properties, properties that can't be accessed in the winter as well. But uh, it's for sure. nice to see that somewhat back to a traditional market, but. Um, I don't know if this, if we know the answer, but it looks like we have, it's kind of a traditional spring market, but it's, it's kind of got a shot in the arm because the buyers were waiting on the sidelines for so long last year, especially the back half of, of 2022. I feel like the, um, a lot more buyers have come back to the market, but as I said, not the inventory. So it's kind of skewing things a little bit. Yeah, and, and we do see that with that jump in, in average price. Again, if that gets up to the 14% level, again, we've seen the largest change between the two seasons. And we, we've already almost seen the second largest change between the two seasons right now, but 2013 is, is slightly ahead, I believe. Whoa. So talk to us about the tip of the month, Dave. What is a 24-hour irrevocable? Okay, so... Any offer um, that, that you put forward always has an irrevocable uh, by the by the buyer, and you know the, depending on um, I guess the situation. Sometimes the sellers will will, have, will put in a 24-hour irrevocable or more. We've seen 48, 72. Um, they 
To do that, they have to complete what's called a seller's direction form and put it in the actual uh, offer instructions. But the reason we wanted to flag this is even though we're not, you're not seeing a lot of holding in this market, you're seeing a lot of agents put in 24 hours, 40, 48 hours, and some very ambitious agents are pushing it to 72 hours. And what, I'm not saying all of them are doing this, but what some of them are doing is they're kind of creating like kind of like a, a false comp competition. Um, so they're not holding offers officially, but what, what happens is you submit an offer, the offer has to be live and, and good for 24 hours. During that time, they're going to kick the tires, contact every agent um, or any buyers that reached out to them directly to try to drum up additional offers, create a competition and try to drive up the price. Um, so again, they're not holding, but because they have this, this period, and if, if you honor this, um, again, if they have a seller's direction, then you know, they, they, depending how it's filled out, they don't even have to show the seller um, the actual offer, right? Yeah, and, and again, they are, I, this is best interest of the seller. That is what the listing agent has been hired to do. So they are doing this in the best interest of the seller. Um, unfortunately, it can get a little bit tricky for buyers because again, like Dave was saying, your offer is live for 24 hours. So what that means, I submit an offer today. It's, it's Friday at five o'clock and I want to submit an offer. They're not going to look at it until Saturday at five o'clock. So that gives them 24 hours to decide what they want to do with that offer. So there, there's a large gap of time there where it gives them the opportunity to potentially call around to other agents that have seen the property and say, Hey, we've got an offer in hand. We're going to present tomorrow at six o'clock. Are you interested? And again, it's, it's used to generate potentially generate multiple offers at one time. And it is in the best interest of the seller to do this, especially if the seller does want you to take that route. Uh, because as we've seen in the past, the more offers you get, generally the higher you get in terms of purchase price. Yeah, and we did want to flag that this is a little gray because really the um, the 24 hour vocals traditionally would be for, you know, something that's a, a maybe an estate sale or something where like multiple people have to make a decision. So they need more time or maybe the buyer or the seller's a ship worker or, or different things or they're traveling. That's traditionally when you would see these. But it's almost like they're being leveraged now um and you, you can do it but they're leveraging this this um, option that's available to create potentially a competition and it can be a little frustrating for buyers too because you know you're on a pose you submit your offer and then you know a couple hours ago and you're 24 hour revocable and, and something trickles in next thing you know you're, you're in competition and if you're if you're just um looking on the public sites for the most part, they don't. They usually show this in realtor remarks and not in the public remarks, so you wouldn't even know this until your your, your realtor advises you. Yeah, yeah. So again, just it's almost like just a heads up for uh, for the buyers out there that we're seeing a lot of this. It's almost like sellers dipping their toe in uh, maybe uh, starting to hold offers again. So I think we might see a shift if the market keeps going the way it is, and we'll see a little bit less of this and more holding offers again for a week yeah so be prepared buyers be prepared out there and what are some things that buyers can do to to get prepared for uh a holding offer situation i mean i i would say one thing is just be locked down on your numbers yeah um, what, yeah. the conversation i have is okay okay right now i'm talking to, to my buyer we're, we're on a post so there's one strategy when you're on a post 
So for example, say the property's been sitting for a few weeks, you don't know, but maybe people are sitting on the sidelines and as soon as that one offer comes in, to drum up some activity. So I always like to have that future conversation, at least lay the foundation for a conversation. So I'd say, okay, this property's been sitting at, um, you know, 590 for, for like two weeks. So you, that first offer is probably not going to be higher than 590. If anything, I would try to, you know, if, you, if, if it's been sitting, you want to, you want to maybe come in just below. Uh, but then you tell your client, if we end up in competition, it, the whole strategy changes and then maybe a couple more offers come in and then, okay, just let's be prepared. If, if that's going to happen, well, what, what our strategy is for uh, that situation. So, you know, maybe we'll go in at 600. Um, and maybe we'll amend this condition if that's the case. Just just have that conversation early so they're not blindsided by it. Yeah, yeah. All right, so deal of the month. Remember I teased this one a little bit earlier. Uh, we've got quite the deal here. Um, 710 Water Street. So I'm gonna pull it up here on realtor.ca just to show you guys what this one looks like. Uh, but again, so why is this the deal of the month? Well, shout out to Brad Smith, first of all, for doing an incredible job on this property. It's got seven bedrooms and it's at 580. That is or 579. That is just crazy. And why is this the deal of the month? Well, because look at that gross income. That certainly is gross, isn't it, Dave? We've got 49,000 <laughs> per year. What does that equal monthly? Well, we did the math. It's about $4,119 a month, $4,119 a month in rental income. So this is just fantastic. Let's run the numbers, but first let's look at property. So it's again, one of those old brick homes you see on Water Street. I believe this one does have two kitchens as well. Um, again, it's one of those two and a half stories foamed insulation in the basement i believe and then there's the shed out back so how does this look numbers wise well all of these uh tenants are on a one-year lease so locked in for one year at four thousand one hundred and nineteen dollars a month so let's look at how how these numbers play out so we've got this rental property calculator again found on calculator.net and we're sitting right now at 356 per month. Doesn't sound very good, does it? But then let's look at what we punched in. We punched in worst case possible. So we've got 8% for property management. Again, you can manage this property yourself, but this 8% allows a property manager, you're really seeing around eight to 12%, depending on what services the management company offers, but let's run it at eight. Vacancy at 5%. You're probably not gonna be you know, seeing a vacancy rate of 5%, I still believe we're one of the lowest vacancy rates in Canada at around under 1%. So let's just run it at five just to see worst case possible. You've got your 20% down payment at a 5% interest and you're you're sitting for a, a 30 year amortization. So property taxes, they were given their 3326. Total insurance, we estimated at around 2,800. Again, in order to get an accurate estimate, I always recommend speaking with a insurance broker to actually get what the insurance would be on this type of property. But again, we could throw a number at it and kind of estimate what it might be. Maintenance, we're putting around $200 a month. You don't have to go that high. This is just going to help because it's a student rental. And again, you're still sitting now at 356 
$199. So that's let's say you wanted that's your cash flow for the month, right? That's your cash flow for the month for the first year. Let's say you wanted to run this property yourself. Let's hit the handy dandy. Look at that. That's that's nuts. $700 a month if you're running this property yourself. You're not going to have a property manager. You're getting $700 a month in cash flow if you purchase this property at the list price. So just a fantastic deal here. Any thoughts about that, Dave? No, I think the numbers are great. The only thing I'd flag with this specific property is it is a little bit older. It's like a 110-year-old home. Um, yeah. It looks like they did, uh, I thought I saw they did the shingles in 2013, so they're 10 years old. But some of the mechanical elements of the home um, may be coming up. Um, but but again, when you're when you're cash flowing, you know, seven hundred dollars a month, um, you know, you can have uh, your 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 profits, you know, pay for that, so you're not going to be out of pocket. And then, you know, you just project manage uh, when you're going to do these certain things. And maybe the first couple of years of holding this one, you're, you're doing a little bit of work on the place. But wow, if it's not an opportunity, and and if you bring it up on the map, um, phenomenal location for, for students. I love Water Street especially where this is on water street it's um water and park hill yeah water and park hill because so, some of those other side roads where it gets a little quiet you know there, there's some uh, less desirable areas with it where there's some student houses but this one uh you got the Trent express goes goes right along water street there it's a short walk or, or stumble for some students uh, to, to <laughs> down and um uh, and yeah it's it's as i said it's, it's right on the, the main road close to parks Close to the river. This park. This park here is really cool. There's a basketball net. There's a jungle gym. Um, there's access to the river. Uh, I, I spent a couple hours in there fishing. You can kind of go roll your pants up and, and stand in, in the river right here and, and just fish out into it. It's it's just a great, great park. Uh, again, you've got another park right here with a trail that actually goes all the way up to Trent. Um, but another fantastic park right here. They do host the... Uh, the Peterborough Folk Festival in, in this park right here every year. I don't know if it's going to happen in this park this year. Uh, I saw something about that. But anyway, this Nichols Oval right here, great spot. Again, you got another basketball net if you're a basketball fan like me. And then, yeah, like Dave was saying, you're you're really close to the downtown. I mean, you just kind of go down Water Street right here and, and you're really in the downtown core. Yeah, no, we really like this one. As we said, the other one on Water Street... We really like this one. Uh, this one could, could trump it, or pretty close at least. Yeah, and again, you've only got your initial investment here of one twenty-two. Uh, that's with twenty percent down. Again, you increase that down payment if you've got a little bit more capital. Uh, you can even improve those monthly cash flows uh, by a substantial amount. And again, this is first-year income. It's only better from here. Typically, your first year is is your worst, unless you refinance or something. Yeah, this one's still available um i don't think it's gonna last that long no and again fantastic job by brad smith here with the with the pricing and and yeah he just did an awesome job so shout out to brad smith yeah i've dealt with him he's a pro that's it what yeah that's everything we're getting in under 40 it looks like so that's, that's yeah good. not so bad today um yeah good luck uh, i know you're doing the pool uh, so good luck with that today. And uh, yeah, I appreciate your time, Dave, and, and all your hard work and, and contributing towards this. It was it was a great conversation as always. Well, let's be honest. I'm like your Scotty. I'm your Scotty Pippen. <laughs> I bring the hey, defense. Shout out to Scotty Pippen, though. I bring the defense. Jeez. Yeah. But, uh, you got but yeah, obviously all, all your hustle 
putting this whole presentation deck together. I really appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, no problem, brother. Thanks for joining. And uh, yeah, as always, folks, uh, the, 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 that's all, folks. Take care. Thanks for joining us.